You're listening to That Music Podcast with me, Bryson Tarbett. I'm the music educator and blogger behind That Music Teacher and ThatMusicTeacher.com. Join me as I dive into what it really means to be a music educator. I hope that you're able to find a nugget of inspiration each week as I share my favorite ways to create purposeful instruction through active music making. So grab a coffee, sit down, and let's get started. This episode is brought to you by ThriftBooks. ThriftBooks.com is the largest online seller of used books in the United States. They pride themselves on offering the lowest everyday price on used books on the web, with over 13 million books in stock. Everything from classic children's books like The Little Engine That Could to the latest thriller by John Grisham. I've used ThriftBooks for over two years now, and I can't recommend them enough. To save 15% off on your first order, plus free shipping on orders of $10 or more, go to thatmusicteacher.com slash thriftbooks. Again, head over to thatmusicteacher.com slash thriftbooks to save 15% off on your first order, plus free shipping on orders of $10 or more. Hello, and welcome to the first ever episode of That Music Podcast. So this is something that I've been looking at doing for a long time now, and I finally decided to just take the leap and give it a try. So for those of you that don't know me, my name is Bryson Tarbett, and I'm the music educator and blogger behind That Music Teacher and ThatMusicTeacher.com. I did my undergraduate at Ohio Wesleyan University and graduated with my Bachelor of Music Education. I did my first year out of college actually in classified aid positions, which at the time was definitely a struggle um, financially and otherwise, but I helped me grow so much as a music educator and as an educator in general. And I think it's definitely what makes me feel so strongly about special education and the role of special education students in the music classroom. My current position is teaching kindergarten through sixth grade general music at a rural school just outside of Columbus, Ohio, split between a K-4 campus and a 5-6 building. What I love about my position is that I actually get to see two independent classes of special education students, and they are honestly the highlight of my week. Even though I'm a traveling teacher, I have the wonderful opportunity to see my students every three days, which is absolutely unheard of, for 40 minutes. So with that kind of rotation... I get to really create some great music with my kids and we're able to really dive into some of the curriculum um, that we would have have to kind of gloss over or take a little bit less time on if I was on a larger rotation. So I love my schedule. It, it sometimes gets a little bit hectic with so many preps, but I absolutely love what I do and I love being able to spend my days making music with children. This past summer, I started my Master's of Music Education at Capital University, and I currently have my Kodai Level 1 certification also from Capital University. This is a program that I decided to do just because of the the differences in a specialized music education degree from a, uh, a bachelor's in music education, which is so um, broad because we have so much that we're licensed to teach. Um, I've absolutely loved the program over the summer. It was the hardest thing that I've ever done so far in my life, um, but it has already paid off so many dividends in my education. Um, so I can't wait until I get to go back next year to do Coda Level 2 and my last summer of academic work as well. So that music teacher is kind of my brainchild that I started when I first came out of college and I was working um, in those classified positions. I, it all started out with an Instagram account 
um, just because I missed being in the music education world. I loved what I was doing. I loved working with the kids and with the different staff I was working with, but I missed the music classroom. So I created um, at that music teacher on Instagram, and I kind of used it to live vicariously through so many music teachers as they were posting on their stories and on their Instagram feeds about the great things that they were doing with their students. When I transitioned in the music classroom, I knew that it was something I wanted to keep going, and because I really saw the value of what these students, these teachers were doing. These teachers, honestly, they got me through that year uh, outside of the music classroom because I was literally able to live vicariously through them, and it was amazing. So I wanted to kind of pass on the the love a little bit. I wanted to see if I could help other teachers that are that are in a similar situation or those that are in their first few years of teaching that need some more in- inspiration and just need someone to, need to know that it's all right to not have all the answers because I clearly don't. <laughs> but I love um, the community that I've been able to find on Facebook and on Instagram um, in the music educational world online, and it's it's been really invaluable as a traveling music teacher, but also as you know the only music teacher in one of my buildings. I think it's really, really easy for us as music music educators to get stuck in our own little bubbles and stuck in our own classrooms and just kind of be removed and, or feel removed at least from the rest of the educational world. And I think it's really important for us to understand that we are just as much of a part of the educational system as any other teacher. While we might not be tested or we might not be part of college admissions requirements, I think we're incredibly valuable. Obviously, I decided to do this as a, as a profession, so music education is something that's truly meaningful for me. I think it's incredibly important for all of our students to receive a high-quality music education, not just those students that are going to do music as a career, but just for every single student to have a little bit of an understanding and appreciation for the arts in general. So those are the core principles that I, that music teacher was founded on. Uh, it's kind of morphed into a few things uh, over the years, but I really like how it's able to connect music educators and connect me with other music educators through the power of the internet. So right now I have a blog, um, thatmusicteacher.com. You can find me at Facebook and on Instagram at thatmusicteacher. You can also find me on Teachers Pay Teachers, again, as thatmusicteacher. Today I wanted to talk about setting goals in the music classroom. I think it's really a good time to kind of take a step back and think about our goals. You know, it's, it's a brand new decade. Somehow it's now 2020. I think a lot of us make New Year's resolutions this time of year, whether it be eating better or sleeping better or taking less work home or any other of those goals that we've decided to make every year. And somehow through the middle of January, they're gone. But I think it's also important to think about how our students are setting goals in our classrooms. And that's where I want to start today. I hope that we can all see the value in having students create their own goals for their education. Not only does this have them kind of take a little bit of ownership on their education, it takes them, makes them think about the steps that they have to take to be successful. It's not just us giving them a task and saying, go. We're saying, all right, here's where you are. This is where I would like you to be, or this is there where they are saying they want to be. And then they have to break down those steps to see how they're going to be able to be successful. Uh, one thing that I love doing when I start teaching recorder is having students make goals all the time. So I personally, in my school, do recorder in fourth grade. And when the students start working on the recorder, once they've had it for a few times and they understand it, we start working on individual and group practicing. Not only is this important for them to kind of get some listening down, like if when they're able to hear a note that's wrong, but I think also having them help another student um, is really great at helping them learn the instrument. Again, you know, there's nothing better than being a teacher to help you learn something. 
but when I have students do this, I always have them start by setting a goal for the day. Uh, so they set some short-term and some long-term goals. So their short-term goal is, what do I want to accomplish by the end of this, this session? I often do centers with recorder, and one of those centers was is always individual practice, um, individual or group practice, I guess. Um, but I always have them make a goal, whether it be, I want to be able to play this new song that we've just started without stopping, or I want to be able to learn the new note and be able to transition between left hand and right hand without having any gaps. But I have them make that goal, and I have them actually write it down. And then they have to figure out how they're going to break that down into smaller steps. So we work through this kind of as a class first when we when we learn our first couple of songs. Sometimes it's as simple as making sure that they know all the notes for a song, breaking it down into smaller sections, trying it nice and slow, and then gradually speeding it up and adding larger chunks together until they have the end of the song or until they eat until they meet whatever goal they have. So when students are able to meet their goals, not only do they feel more successful, they're able to see all the steps that they had to take to get to this position. It's not just me telling them that hard work pays off. They were able to see that. And I think that's valuable in life in general, not just in music. I think by letting them understand that hard work does pay off, but you have to look at it in a way that allows it to not be overwhelming. And that's why I love having students make goals in their own education. I love having students make goals outside of recorder as well. So even in like first grade, we'll have students um, doing vocal production or vocal matching, pitch matching, and we have them set goals. You know, I would love to, to increase this or even if it's not setting explicit goals, having them see the growth if they when they finally were, are able to match pitch, be like, hey, you know, look at look at what I have here. You know, you weren't able to do this two weeks ago. You weren't able to do this at the beginning of the year. You've made you've made progress. I think that helps them see the different steps. Um, obviously, a fourth grader is going to set a different kind of goal than a first grader. But I think it's important for both of these students to be able to set meaningful goals that they're able to be successful with. And I think that us teachers, we kind of need to be facilitators to help um, show these students how to work through the process. Because again, this isn't just a music skill. This is a life skill. This is helping them work through a problem in a meaningful way. This is helping them working through a problem in a meaningful and a successful way. I think if we stop at having students make goals, we're missing the mark. I think it's important for us as teachers to also take some time and make some goals about our instruction and about our classroom environments. I know that we often have to make goals for our administration or for some sort of valuation, but let's be honest, a lot of time those goals are just kind of to check off boxes. And I think that if we're making goals, we need to make sure they're actually meaningful goals that are really going to help us become better musicians and music educators. So I always start with a, at the beginning of every school year making some goals. So this year, I, I really wanted to make sure I attended to some professional development that was meaningful and related to my, co- my content area. So this year, I'm going to be going to the Ohio Music Education Association's Professional Learning Conference uh, in Cincinnati, and I'm super excited about that. While learning new things about my content area and meeting new educators is awesome, honestly, the, the timing of this conference is just perfect. It's that time of the year where things start to get crazy, where you're feeling low, and we need re-energized as music teachers. So I think being surrounded by the high-energy music teachers that we are, being able to go to these conference sessions, being able to go to the, the vendors and see these new products and, and get all the new kazoos and all the new puppets and all the things that re-energize me as an educator, I think it's the perfect thing at this time of the year to just kind of get myself pumped up to make it through to the rest of the year. Because let's be honest, that long haul from January to the end of the year is rough. (laughs) So that's my first goal of the year is to attend meaningful professional development. 
Uh, my kind of big classroom goal is I want to in- increase student relationships and improve my classroom culture. So with this, I was, I've been working a lot about restorative practices in ways that, you know, if a student makes a mistake or if a student says something wrong, what is a quote-unquote punishment that's going to help them remedy the situation rather than just me telling them that's not what we do and moving on or saying here's a detention and moving on. I want to see what are ways that we can do it to kind of have the, again, quote-unquote punishment solve the problem or help work towards repairing a relationship that was damaged. One thing that I've used before is is with classes that we've just really been haven't been jiving. I have them. We take it just a few minutes out of class. We sit down and we just go around the circle and we're like, "Hey, what is going on? You know, how do we feel when we have to stop? Or what what do you think we can do as a class to make sure that we're being successful? And by doing this in a way that it's not just students pointing fingers or saying names, but it's really having them take. Um, a look into themselves and see if there is there anything that I can do to be more successful or you know am I just am I, am I doing what I need to be doing kind of thing and it really helps them reset and helps us understand that I'm not here trying to tell them what to do because I want to be in charge but we need to do specific things so that we can get through what we need to get through um, and so that we can have meaningful experiences making music uh, and I, I think part of that is making sure that students have positive experiences in music, um, whether it be just day by day or another, my third goal actually is to create positive performance experiences. I don't think that it's, it's necessary or even appropriate for students to have undue anxiety on a performances. My personal philosophy for student performances is that they should be demonstrative of what is going on in our classrooms on a daily basis. Uh, if you do something different, that's totally fine. That is your classroom. But in my classroom, I, I personally feel like it's not worth stopping what I'm teaching to teach a show. I like to put to create shows that are based on what we're teaching. So using songs that have rhythmic and melodic concepts that are following my sequence or using different instruments that help you know prepare us for a recorder or prepare them for whatever happens after a quarter. I think by doing that, it takes away the a little bit of the stress of a performance because they're not worried about doing something they've never done before. They're just doing what they've normally done. They just happen to be doing it in front of an audience. And from an advocacy point of view, I think it's a great way to show the process of music education. I think so often we see the final polished product and that could be all great and that could be an amazing performance. But I think there's something special about being able to show the parents and the general community what actually happens in our music classrooms. Because let's be honest, most of them don't have a clue. Most of them don't understand what music education is. And what meaningful music education means for their child. The last goal that I set for this school year is to make sure that every single student is able to have meaningful music education. Whether these are students on 504s or IEPs, or whether these are students that have experienced trauma, I really want them to find meaningful music education in my classroom. So this has taken a lot for me. I'll be honest. This has taken a little bit more extra work than I had thought. You know, tracking down IEPs and 504s and kind of reading them and digesting them in a way and to apply them to the music classroom. I understand that if you have 700 or some students in one school, or if you have five or six sections of each grade, it's not really practical to dive in to 100% to every student all at once. But what I urge you is don't let that fear stop you from starting. You don't have to do everything at once, but what I do urge you to do is to jump in, understand your students a little bit, see how you can make them be successful, whether that be reaching out to intervention specialists or other um, 
people that can be helpful in your school. Just try your best to make sure that they're able to have meaningful music education as well. So now that it's a new year, I've decided to check in on my goals. We have a little bit over half of the year left, so I want to see where I'm at. So I'm going to spend a couple days just thinking about my year and going goal by goal to see ways that I've been successful, ways that didn't work, and what steps I can take to continue working towards these goals for the rest of the year. And whether or not you set goals at the very beginning of the school year, I think now is a great time to either check in or to create some goals for the rest of your school year. So think about what you want to have at the very end of school year. On the last day of school, what do you want to be able to say you did? Do you want to be able to say that your students were felt more respected? Do you want to be able to say that you used more instruments in your classroom? Do you want to be able to say that students had more voice in, the, in their education in your classroom? Whatever it means to you and your classroom, see if you can write down some goals. I mean, like, actually write them down. I have a post-it note of my goals right next to my desk at school, and I... I think just looking at those goals every day can help you take actionable steps towards achieving these goals. I bet some of you are out there saying, I don't want to make a goal because I'll feel bad if I don't reach it. And I get that. Don't get me wrong. I've had my fair share of goals that went south. But don't feel bad. Setting goals is the first step. Setting goals is trying. It's putting yourself out there. You you fail every time if you don't make the effort. So if you set the goal, you're at least one step all the way there. But if you don't set a goal, you're not going to get anywhere near where you want to go. So if you happen to not meet your goal, just take a step back and look at why you didn't reach it. Was it a reasonable goal? Was it due to external things that you really had no control over? Or was it that you're just you're working towards it, but you just didn't get to that end zone yet? Can you keep working in the, ne- in the years to come? So again, what steps can you take to be successful in the future? Breaking down each of our larger goals into smaller, more accomplishable goals can really help us just as much as it helps our students when they set goals. For instance, my first year of teaching, one of my goals was to know each and every student by their name. But when you have 700 plus students and you have to learn all their names at once, it is hard. (laughs) Now I'll say I knew most of my students' names by the end of the year, but I wasn't 100% confident for every single student. So that was one of my goals that I used this year. I wanted to know each student by their name confidently as soon as possible. And I'm doing much greater this year because I don't have to learn them all new all at once. Yeah, I have some people that moved in or some people that came to my fifth grade school that came from the other elementary school, but I'm definitely doing much better at this goal because I didn't give up. I just kept going. And again, some things just take time. Speaking of time... Some of you are probably going, I don't have any more time. I can't sit down and stop and make some goals because I just don't have enough energy. I'm already out of time. I don't have enough time to juggle everything that I'm supposed to as a music educator. I can't sit down and make some goals about my instruction. And for those of you, I urge you to stop for even if it's just a minute or two and take some time. First, just stop and breathe, (laughs) because let's be honest, we all need that. But take some time and put in the upfront energy to create a goal and to break it down into some actionable steps, because it is amazing to see that reward. Setting goals as educators helps us take actionable steps towards bettering ourselves as teachers, which in turn helps our students. And if I'm being honest, being able to work through this process is so great at being able to help and model for our students persevering through these goals and taking these steps just like you were asking them to take towards getting better and bettering ourselves as educators. So all in all, I just hope that you 
understand that these goals are valuable. They're valuable for us as teachers, but also for our students, and they can help us take steps to better ourselves and to work towards our once in our, our goals. So I hope you've been able to take away the understanding of how important goal setting can be for both us as teachers and for our students in so many different ways. And then taking those goals into smaller actionable steps can help us take away some of the anxiety of trying to do everything at once. We can take smaller things off our list. If you're anything like me, you when you make a list, you can, you'll write stuff down that you've already done just so you can cross it off and say that you've done it. And that's kind of how I feel about goals breaking them down into actionable steps so that you can have that satisfaction of being able to, being able to do something more often than just, well, by the end of the year, I'll be able to do this. And that's one positive moment. And chances are you're not going to get there because we didn't have those actionable steps along the way. So if you are out there freaking out about goal setting or thinking that it's not important, I urge you to just set one goal. What do you want to be able to say by the end of the school year? Set one goal about you as an educator that you want to meet before the end of the school year. Then create three or four steps that you can do along the way to make sure that you're able to reach that goal. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But don't give up. Don't let that be the end of it. Thank you so much for joining me on this first episode of That Music Podcast. I'm so excited that you've decided to join me today, and I really value you spending some time with me. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you left a review on iTunes or share it with a music teacher friend, because these both help the podcast grow and help our community grow. I'd also love if you're watching, take a screenshot and tag me at That Music Teacher on Instagram. I'd love to see your thoughts on it. To see the show notes for this episode, you can go to thatmusicteacher.com slash show notes. And I also urge you to come join the free Facebook group, The General Music Mastermind, at thatmusicteacher.com slash mastermind. Don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss any new episodes. And I hope that you have an amazing week creating music with your students.